and welcome to Sort of the Story. Wow, I'm Janie. I'm Max. And we are the hosts of Sort of the Story. Sort <laughs> of the Story. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, this is a podcast that you have tuned into where we tell a each other. A podcast is where we where people talk, uh, and it usually happens over a period of time or ongoing in a relatively chronologic repeating pattern, usually concerning a single source matter or a theme um, mm-hmm. that exists throughout kind of the full spectrum of the show itself. And if you're wondering if we're going to stop being inclusive to people who have never heard of podcasts before, <laughs> catch us on episode 420, still explaining <laughs> what a podcast what is. A podcast is. <laughs> we'll never, hashtag never change. Um, yeah, this this bit has been going since day one, and I will never stop. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. This is the podcast where we tell each other stories, like fairy tales and folk tales and mythology and all sorts of other stories history, facts, made-up stuff, <laughs> maybe reimaginings of some of our most beloved young adult... Co- what do you call those? Groups Book. of things. Books and... It's like... <laughs> Pages? Content. It's like groups of things. It's like books and oh, movies um, and... Properties. Properties, yeah. Maybe uh, reimaginings of some of your favorite young adult properties. Mm-hmm. Without any warning. Maybe mm-hmm. some of those. Facts about bugs and birds, yeah. usually. And also, you are here. <laughs> Welcome! <laughs> Hi, guys. Today is April Fool's for us. Uh, you are listening to this two weeks later, so we are in a time machine right now. Um, <laughs> what you? What are you thinking, Max? <laughs> Boy, I'm so happy that that's done, mm. and it, it was good, and I'm glad you guys liked it, and that's all I have to say about it. I think the thing that I'm most relieved about is that we have accurately predicted what kind of audience we have. or not, re- But we've accurately, yeah. like, assumed what kind of audience we have. Okay, so this isn't the first time I've lied to a large group of people who have given me nothing but love and support. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the same thing on TikTok, where I started illustrating book talk content and then putting in quotes from the book and making it really steamy and people were like wait what is this book this sounds amazing and then like a couple months later i was like oh that's not a real book i was pranking you <laughs> i made it all up. but like i was pranking them for like no reason like they didn't Just ask for this fun. i'm also not a book talk <laughs> Uh, book talk artist um but it was just something i i wanted to do i wanted to lie to a bunch of people there's something i think that is like for me and this might be mean-spirited this might reflect poorly on me as a person this is... but i truly believe that there is a part of there's something so gleeful and i think honestly very genuine mm-hmm. about just lying for fun I think, when there are yeah, zero stakes <laughs> i agree it's, it's not causing any harm so no. you thought for a little while that we were being haunted by an audio producer <laughs> honestly that's on you <laughs> Um, I like the person in the Discord that was like, I fucking knew it. I knew it was Keith. I knew he was the one that was cutting in. I just knew it. I don't know if they figured out yet that Keith isn't real. Yeah. Keith is just our friend Eli who isn't getting paid to do weird shit for us. But Not he still does, and that's the audio him. editing PS. <laughs> just in fact, writing and recording. He sent me his saga. audio and I edited it. <laughs> I was Keith's audio editor. 
You were Keith the whole time. The the real, <sighs> the real treasure Keith. was the Keiths we made along the way. <laughs> or something. And also you are here. And also you are here. <laughs> so, yeah. We love you and we're really happy with all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk on the Discord, we've been talking about the Discord a whole bunch. And it's so fun. You might uh, be thinking, well, how do I get to be a part of that Discord? I want to be part of an exclusive community that yells, I knew it was Keith the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to retroactively say I already knew this bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you want to do that, the good news is you can. Max, take it away. <laughs> well, gang, if you want to join us on Discord, here's what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. You got to go scroll down through the notes for this week's episode or any of our episodes. Yeah. And there you'll find a link to a Patreon. Our Patreon starts off at which gives you access to the Discord, as well as access to our book club and other kind of exclusive content ongoing. Uh, We we also also post all of our episode extras on that Discord in case you don't have an Instagram. You know what? You don't have to have an Instagram. Pay us money and you can be on the Discord. (laughs) (laughs) And you can get all those pet pics for free. Yeah, we have lots of pet pics. Wait, no, I guess it's not for free. That's the opposite. You can get pet pics for $3. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we post lots of pet pictures. Uh, People in the Discord are massively talented and they share, like, art projects and things like that. It's great. It's a great time. You can do that by joining our Patreon at the $3 tier. Or, Mm. hey, if you're feeling like a high roller, big spender, Mr. or Miss or Mix Moneybags. Maybe you are walking around (laughs) thinking, oh. My back hurts so much because my wallet is too heavy. <laughs> you can give us seven dollars. Seven. Seven dollars a month gets you a whole extra episode a month, in addition to all the other things that you get at the three dollar tier. The money is going towards helping us to like improve our audio equipment and our editing uh, software. It helps us to buy books and mm. to be able to afford to be alive. So, and you know what? Isn't that the gift that keeps on giving? Yeah. <laughs> if we're alive, you get to hear us talk like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So, Max, mm-hmm. with all of that. Oh, this podcast isn't for kids. There's swears and um, thank you so much. Sex stuff and butts. And farts, probably. There are sex stuff and, and also there upsetting are violent butts. Things. Those two are not mutually exclusive. And if you think they are, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. With that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's get started. Yeah. Okay, all you non-children, get ready to hear a tale. (laughs) Take it out, Max. Do do the outro theme song. Yeah. (laughs) Janie. Max. I have a story for you today. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be bad if I was like, oh no, I didn't do my homework? Janie, tell me two stories today. (laughs) Janie. This one's on you. (laughs) The story that I have for you today is the story actually that I mentioned in last week's episode. I came across it while I was looking for a story today and I was like, well, gee, I told them about this story that I've never read uh, and I didn't tell them what it was about. So I'm just going to do that this week. And now I am. Excellent. So I'm really excited about it. Trying to remember what story you did Crack and Crook last week, right? Yes. God, Crack and Crook was so good. I love Crack and Crook. So good. Also, hey, guys, again, we're in the time machine. That episode hasn't even released yet for us. Did anybody name their two little snapping turtles Crack and Crook? Mm. <laughs> Literally anything. Literally any two animals. Yeah. They don't even have to be the same kind of animal. A cat and dog named Crack and Crook. Do you good, have good twin shit. babies who you have nicknamed now Crack and Crook? I hope so. Yeah. Let us know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we mm-hmm. want, we're, we're doing that research. <laughs> we're compiling a survey. <laughs> yes. So the story that I have for you today is 
The Tinderbox okay. by Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I have this in the collection The World Treasury of Fairy Tales and Folklore, a family heirloom of stories to inspire and entertain, collected and presented by Professor William Gray with Joanna Galar and Rose Williamson. Again, this is one of the most beautiful books that I have. It's like pillow bound and like gild, copper gilded cover and everything. It's absolutely beautiful. Big boy. And it's... she. She's thick. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's really great. It has stories from all over the world, along with, you know, where they come from. And each story has a little blurb about, you know, just things about that story. Anything from like the ATU type to other stories that are similar to, you know, who, who the author was or anything like that. So uh, Hans Christian Andersen, this story was written in 1835. Okay. It's the Tinderbox. And I'm about to tell you about it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. 1835, 30 whole years before... Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in <laughs> 1865. <laughs> and uh, 31 whole years before 1866. And 32 years before 1867. <laughs> uh, coincidence? <laughs> I think the fuck not. Everything's correct. Uh, co- everything's connected. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Everything we're saying is correct. <laughs> Don't Google <laughs> I was gonna say everything's connected. The Illuminati is real. Oh, <laughs> but instead, I—that's also correct. <laughs> I affirmed that we can make no mistakes. Yeah. Uh, we've never said anything wrong in our entire lives. And, you know and this, if you and disagree, you then you're bad, <laughs> and you're going to jail, and we're going to throw you into space uh, where you will freeze and boil and explode. <laughs> that's so many things that can happen to you. <laughs> Space. That's only a couple of the things that being in space offers the human body. <laughs> uh, and for more, check out our Patreon. <laughs> you can unlock additional things that space will do to your body when we launch you into it by joining our Patreon. <laughs> okay, I have to put a pin. Uh, not pin. I have to put a reminder of putting out a list of things that can happen to your body on the Patreon on the day this episode comes out. <laughs> If you want to see that can happen to you, if you want to see the full bullet point (laughs) list, please go to our Patreon. (laughs) So here's my story. Okay. It's a weird one. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. There was a soldier. He was returning from war. Uh, He was marching his way home. He had his sword on his hip and he had his big old rucksack on his back and he was marching his way home from the war. Having successfully completed war. Yeah. He is walking down the road and he sees a witch. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when I come back from a war and I see a witch. (laughs) A witch. Um, He sees a witch and the witch says to him, and I'm going to read this verbatim. Okay. Good evening, soldier. You have a very fine sword and a large knapsack and you are a real soldier. So you shall have as much money as ever you like. (laughs) Great news. (laughs) Translation. Hello, you've got a very fine dick. (laughs) A really large ball. (laughs) You lost one of them because you're a real soldier. <laughs> you take all my money. Yeah, it's yeah. She just she sees him and she says, "Wow, handsome, good looking. You got a backpack. You're I like have it. All the money that you could possibly want." <laughs> Meanwhile, Dora the Explorer is out there, like, "I mean, what's a girl gotta do? <laughs> Come on, what the male does a girl have to do the <laughs> male privilege." <laughs> Truly, this is a story of male pri- privilege, okay. as many of HCA's stories are. Thank you uh, for uh, making it casual. <laughs> yeah, HCA and I were, uh, you know, hanging out. We're friends. We're casual. Again, I've we're said normal. this before off mic. But I would not let you would be friends with Hans Christian Andersen, and I would not let you bring him to our home. <laughs> like he's not allowed in our home. 
Just so you know, the ghost of Hans Christian Andersen, I'm not interested in being your friend. I think you're exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, Hans Christian Andersen, I feel like, would be one of those friends who, like, you hear from once a year. And they're like, hey, I have a doctor's appointment on Friday. Do you think you could drive me there? And then we can uh, get drinks after. And you're like, what? (laughs) And then you end up in Atlantic City in jail. And he has abandoned you. And he's off, like, getting laid somewhere. And you're like, dude! Dude, you got me arrested. Why am I here? And he's like, you're just a really toxic personality. And I feel like you're trying to bring me down to your level. And I don't think that's appropriate. And you're like, I'm in jail because I broke you out of jail. Well, And if you're like, hey, Hans, I'm sorry, but like, I don't think you should be doing all that cocaine while you're driving this forklift. And you'd be like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Then you would like try to kill your dog. Like Hans Christian Andersen is a toxic friend. Yeah. I just don't want him in our house. I also feel like he'd break a bunch of our stuff. Definitely. I also feel like he has forged a forklift certification for himself. And that's one of the worst things I can say about a person. (laughs) It's a cutting indictment. I was going to say, that kind of brought me back around to his side. What an interesting person. (laughs) Why would you want to? You need the certification for safety. (laughs) I know, but like... You're just being reckless. What could the... If you're not certified. What could the urgency be? Why would you need a forklift so bad that you have to go out and forge a certification? (laughs) I feel like he was just... They were like, you can't drive a forklift without a certification. And he was like, well, good thing I have my... Scribble, scribble, scribble. School certification right here. God, isn't it the most beautiful penmanship? <laughs> oh, he definitely had fancy handwriting. Oh, 100%. Lots of curly cues. He's not scribbling like a doctor. He was a musician. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. Anyway, so, so sorry. a witch, she was like, you're hot and great. You're going to have so much money. Mm. And the soldier says, thank you, old witch. <laughs> um, again, verbatim. Okay. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> or... Respectful? (laughs) Uh, And the witch is like, here's how you're going to get it. And she points to a gnarled old tree near the side of the road. And she says, that tree right there is hollow. You're going to go over there. You're going to walk your little butt over there. (laughs) And you're going to get inside of the tree, inside Mm -hmm. of the hollow part of the tree. And then you're going to all tie a rope around your waist. And then you're going to go down. Because see, the tree goes down into the earth into a cavern. Okay. A massive great hall lit by 300 lanterns. Oh. And you're going to go down there, right? You're going to have the rope around your waist so I can pull you back up when you're done, right? And you're going to... It's going to be so good. Here's what you're going to do. Isn't this how the movie Aladdin opens up as well? It's very similar. Don't trust that witch. Don't trust that witch. And she's like, when you get down there, here's what you're going to see, right? Big old main hall. 300 lanterns, and then at the end of the hall, three doors, and they're locked. But don't worry, because the key is in the lock, so you don't have to worry about it. That's All nice. of the door, why would you have a... Here's my question. Why would you have doors that lock mm-hmm. if you're just going to leave the key in the lock? Well, and also, how does she know this? Can't she just go down into this? Why does she have to send she's somebody else? She's just a witch. Yeah, but like that means... She's this old. implies that she's been in this... Yes, she has. Okay. And she's like... You're going to, there's the three doors down there. They're locked, but you can unlock them because the key is already there. <laughs> Again, a stupid, I really honestly bothers me way too much. Like, I guess if you've already gone through the trouble of crawling into this like hellscape, you might as well like be able to get into a door. <laughs> yeah, but like, anyways. welcome. Anyways. You sexy backpacker. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you go into the first door, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to find yourself in a room. And in that room, in the very center of the room, there will be a chest Full of copper coins. Okay. Pennies. Mm-hmm. Copper coins. And on top of the chest will be sitting a dog. And the dog has big old eyes. Mm. Eyes the size of teacups. 
Oh, he's a pug. <laughs> I am definitely picturing a pug. Yeah, 100% just like a nasty little pug sitting yeah. on top of this, like, a bunch of pennies. <laughs> She's like, don't worry, though. That dog, not going to attack you. And here's why. Too small. And then she whips off her Got breathing apron. problems. Oh. Um, she's wearing a blue checkered apron. She whips it off and she's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to bring this down there with you and you're going to lay it out on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then you are going to boldly go up and snatch the dog and put him on the apron. Yeah. And then he won't bother you. And then you can open the chest, get as many copper coins as you want, close the chest, put him back on the chest, take my apron, right? So that's Mm -hmm. the first room. (laughs) And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm, go on. (laughs) All this sounds like normal tasks. Normal stuff. I've been to the war. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to war in (laughs) army. (laughs) I know all about doors. (laughs) I know how dogs work. (laughs) She's like, and then you're going to go to the second room. Sure. Right? And... You're going to get into that second room and you're going to see, once again, center of the room, a chest. On top of the chest, another dog. Inside the chest, silver coins. Mm -hmm. Take as many as you want. All those silver coins are for you if you want them. To get the dog off of the chest, you do the same thing. Apron on the floor, move the dog, Mm -hmm. uh, take the silver coins, put the dog back, (laughs) etc. This dog, though, is going to be really alarming because it has eyes the size of millstones. What? Is that big or small? Big. Bigger. Okay. Bigger than a pug. Bigger okay. than teacups. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, great, so now I have copper coins and silver coins. What's in the third room? And she's like, glad you asked. It's just a bunch of glass. <laughs> blood. <laughs> it's a blood room. <laughs> Open up that chest. is filled with blood. <laughs> uh, riches beyond number in the form of O positive blood. Ooh, not O negative. <laughs> no, not... it's O positive. Uh, Beggars is... can't be choosers. <laughs> We forgot to mention that this is uh, set in the same world as Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, in that third room, right? You're going to open the door. Yeah. Another chest in the center of the room. Dog on top of it. This dog has eyes that are as big as the round tower, which is in Copenhagen. Okay. Uh, it's a big round tower. Oh. So this dog has even bigger eyes, the size of a whole tower. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be terrifying. But don't worry. Apron trick still works. Inside of the chest, gold coins. This Take as dog many as you want. Can see your future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to show you the illustrations okay. for this at the end of this because they are so fucking wild. Okay. So she's like, so you gotta just hit those three rooms, take whatever you want, and then just say, like, I'm done and I'll pull you back up and out. And he's like, Well, this sounds like a great deal for me. I get all kinds of coins. What's in it for you? And she's like, well, while you're down there, I just want you to keep an eye out because the last time my grandmother was down there, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when she was fetching stuff, uh, she left her old tinderbox down there. And it's kind of, you know, it's like a family heirloom or whatever. So if you could just grab that while you're down there, then that's all I need. You can keep all the coins, right? Okay. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. So she ties a rope around him, lowers him down, and he goes into the first room. Yeah. And he sees this dog that has fucked up big old bug eyes. (laughs) He's like, ah. Uh, what does he say? <laughs> ah, you're a pretty fellow. Oh, <laughs> he lays out the apron. Good dog, pretty boy. <laughs> he lays out this blue checkered apron, puts the dog on it. The dog is like, <laughs> yeah, has breathing problems. <laughs> Guys, have you ever looked up a picture of a pug wearing a muzzle? It's horrifying. Really good. <laughs> Max and I are in two different camps of this, so we're gonna need you to go on the Discord and vote. <laughs> and he. Fills up his sack with all these copper coins, and then he puts the dog back on the chest, and he goes to the second room. Goes in, lays out the apron, takes the second dog, which 
Also, this dog has even bigger eyes the size of millstones. Yeah. And he says to this dog, you had better not look at me in that way or you will make your eyes water. He's got big old (laughs) eyes and moves the dog and is like, wow, there really are silver coins in here. And so he dumps out all of the copper coins and takes all the silver coins instead. Oh, okay. And then closes the chest, puts the dog back on top, goes to the third room. This dog, horrifyingly large eyes, (laughs) the size of a tower, just huge, glassy, like, telescope eyes. He's like, do you want to know how you're going to (laughs) die? And the soldier says to him, good morning. And then he's about to say something nice. And then he's like, no, actually, fuck you. Oh, no. (laughs) He doesn't say that. But he's like, I've already been, the good morning was all I needed to say to this motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, That's a note in here is he's like, I've decided I've been nice enough. So (laughs) nothing more for you, dog. Who feeds these puppies? Ever think about that? You stupid idiot. (laughs) (laughs) They eat the gold and then they shit gold. And that's what the coins are. Well, it just feels like the gold isn't necessary then if they're already shitting the gold. Maybe... Let the dogs but go they upstairs. Have to eat the gold. Okay. <laughs> Does that explain it for you? Is it that... really is uh, unsatisfying. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes this giant eyed fucked up dog, puts it on the blue checked apron, and is like, wow, this chest is full of gold coins. So he dumps out all the silver coins. Jesus. And he fills his bag. Uh, he fills his bag up with gold coins and then he fills up his pockets and his boots and his hat. And he, like, sort of very heavily shuffles back over to the rope. And he's like, all right, pull me up. And the witch is like, did you get the tinderbox? And he's like, oh, no, I forgot. Give me a second. He, like, shuffles back (laughs) into the cave, jingling. (laughs) And finds this little, just a little tinderbox. And he's like, okay, I found it. And the witch is like, great. And she pulls him up out of the hole, right? Which is also... Props to this witch because she could have definitely have gone in by herself. If yeah. She has the strength to carry up a man in a whole chest full of treasure. Yeah, chest full of treasure. A chest. So uh, he comes out. He pops out of the tree, and she's like, "Great, can I have the tinderbox now?" And he's like, "Well, what are you going to do with it?" And she's like, "It doesn't matter what I'm going to do with it. Yeah, this is the one thing that I asked for. The whole reason for me to do this. I'm not asking." You can keep all the coins. Yeah. Just give me literally this one thing that has no value to you whatsoever. And he's like, yeah. well, here's an idea. Either you tell me what you're going to do with it, or I take out my sword and I chop off your head. What a fucking dick. Yeah. That's and not she, how this works. And the witch says to him, no. So he chops off her head. Oh! And her head rolls away. And he takes her apron and he lays it out and he puts all the gold in the apron, makes a little bindle, and puts the tinderbox in his pocket and walks back to town. You know what, sir? Uh, no thank you for your service. That's what I think. <laughs> Unthank you. Yeah, we're taking away all your thanks. You're kind of rude. <laughs> so he goes into the town and he takes a room and he's able to afford a very nice room in an inn mm-hmm. uh, because of this money that he now has. And he gets a big dinner and he is like, this is the like most satisfying he's ever been. What if she's the one that feeds the dogs? I mean, her, you left him down there? To... Okay, go ahead. This... This, again, a story of privilege and short-sightedness. <laughs> I hate this man. Yeah, he's just very, like, does mm-hmm. not have any care for the consequences of his actions whatsoever. But So he takes a nice room, he gets himself a big dinner and all kinds of fancy wine. He has someone shine his shoes, <laughs> and they're like, these shoes suck. Are you sure you want me to shine them? And he's like, yes, please. And then the next day he goes out and buys new shoes that are, like, fancy. Yeah. Um, and all these new clothes and everything, and... He does give some money to the poor, you know, because mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a good guy. 
Yeah, sure. Quote, unquote. Give some of that blood money to uh, those less fortunate. (laughs) But, you know, he also, like, he makes a bunch of rich, fancy friends, and they, like, hobnob around town and everything. (laughs) And so he's, you know, and he's living large for a while. And his, his fancy new friends are like, hey, have you met the princess? And he's like, no, I would like to. And they're like, you can't. She's trapped away in a copper tower, and the king won't let her out. Because when she was born, there was a prophecy that she was going to grow up to marry a a lowly soldier. (laughs) And her father was like, not on my watch, and locked her away in a copper tower, so nobody's seen her. (laughs) And he's like, so why did you ask if I'd met her? And they were like, "Mm." (laughs) Uh, It was a trick question to see if you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, the only person who goes in or out of the copper castle is her dad. The king. Yeah. Uh, and nobody else has seen her, but she's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, how, did the, how do you know? And they're like, she's very beautiful. <laughs> like, oh, okay. trust us. We know. <laughs> we know. Um, also, this is how you get a Perseus. So mm-hmm. maybe don't lock your kid up in a tower. <laughs> if you don't want a Perseus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he's like, oh, that's interesting. That's a really interesting thing to know about. Anyways, back to dinner. Mm. He continues to like hobnob and, you know, spend his wealth and live Oh, if large. you think they're not hobnobbing, <laughs> you stupid idiots, uh, they're hobnobbing. <laughs> they're, they're hobnobbing all the live long day. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> hobnobbing more than a cobbler on a knob. <laughs> Well, that is the saying. <laughs> um, so, no need to Google. That's, that's uh, yeah, the no, that's that's true. You don't um, believe her. So the soldier is like, "Well, I'd like to see the princess." And he goes to the king, and he's like, "Can I see the princess?" And the king is like, "No." And he's <laughs> like, "Okay, oh well." <laughs> so continues to spend his money. Yeah. Eventually, though, he has no money coming in and a lot of money going out. So mm-hmm. he gets down to his final two silver shillings. Jesus he has Christ. To, he has to uh, move out of his very fancy accommodations and up into, like, an attic room in the inn uh, yeah. where he just, like, there's not a bed. He just sleeps on, like, hay. And eventually, you know, those two silver shillings are gone, too. Uh, he doesn't even have a penny to buy himself a candle to uh, light at night. And he says to himself, oh, nuts, <laughs> is what he says. The end. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Um, he, he's like, but wait, that tinderbox that I got from a witch—oh yeah, I, I seem about to that. remember that it had a little stub of a candle in there. So what if I just light that, and then I'll have a candle for tonight? Isn't that great? And this virgin lit the black flame candle. <laughs> <This> fucking virgin! <laughs> what are you, a fucking virgin? <laughs> um, so he takes out the tinderbox, and he takes out this little stub of a candle, mm-hmm. and he takes the flint and steel inside of the tinderbox, and he sparks it once twice and then suddenly from nowhere appears the big old dog that was sitting on the copper chest oh okay one with teacup eyes <laughs> the, the pug the pug i imagine that they're all pugs they're just varying degrees of caricatures of pugs okay <laughs> no, like, like the first one is like regular pug regular pug maybe eyes a little bigger than normal mm-hmm. uh, and then the second one is like oh this is like a hilarious cartoon of a pug and then the third one is like oh this is a, a monstrosity okay so this it, is goes, a it goes a regular drawing of a pug and the second one is like disney channel like yeah pug like proud family-esque pug you know like that animation style mm-hmm. and then the third one is nickelodeon illustration oh, style God. pug like ah real monsters ren and stimpy yeah like, horrifying hug 
Uh, real monsters. Ah, real monsters. <laughs> that's a the, well, <laughs> tangent. Um, when I, <laughs> that's how I uh, that's how I announce them now. <laughs> tangent. Um, when I was little, I lived in Okinawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. Like my first memories, and they didn't have TV in English, and so and we only had cable. There was no streaming, children, and so all of the only show that was in English was Ah, real monsters and Doug. Mm. And so like. It's not like I learned English off of those two shows, but I, it certainly didn't help because that was the only media I really was consuming, which is like, mm-hmm. ah, real monsters. <laughs> and I grew up with such a weird fucked up sense of humor. This makes sense. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, If it, you're wondering how to get a, a Janie, that's how you do it. <laughs> if you needed to get a Janie to get rid of the Perseus that you got yourself already, then... <laughs> Move uh, to Japan. Don't let her watch anything but ah, real monsters. And then I also watched a lot of Lamb Chop in Japanese. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to sing the songs in gas stations for truckers, and they would give me free candy and sometimes <laughs> also pay for our gas. So my mom allowed it to happen. <laughs> she was like, I mean, I don't want to pay for this gas. <laughs> what is your... <laughs> What's your deal? I thought no, I we've was... been best friends for like... <laughs> 15 years? Nope, it's been 10 years. <laughs> like 15 years. It's been exactly 10 years. Basically 15 years. And like, what's your deal? <laughs> uh, I thought I was Shirley Temple. <laughs> and um, I am indeed a dirty Shirley. Aw. Okay, go ahead. I'm looking at those clouds. Sorry, I got distracted. Look at those clouds. Oh, wow. It's like, do, do, do. Heads up for you guys. Doop. They're good. And pretty. And pink. Mm-hmm. The, this dog the one that was sitting on top of the copper chest with the teacup sized eyes Mm -hmm. appears as soon as he like strikes the flint and he's like oh so that's what the tinderbox is for that's why the witch wanted it is because it makes the dog appear and then the dog says (laughs) what what orders master oh hooray (laughs) (laughs) and the soldier's like oh not only does the tinderbox give you a dog but also a dog that grants wishes (laughs) i would have been okay with a pet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so he says to the dog money I want money. (laughs) Money, please. Uh, And the dog is like, great, done. And he disappears. And a moment later reappears with a sack full of gold coins in his mouth. Oh, good boy. the soldier is like, cool, sick. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out I actually didn't have to learn any lessons whatsoever. Yeah. It's all looking up for me. Hey. Soldier with backpack. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, from that point, he can have his dog just go get money. He doesn't ask where the money comes from. Mm-hmm. Feels like very short-sighted to me. Sure. But <laughs> like, you know, he gets to move back down into his fancy hotel room and his friends who hadn't been visiting him because they're like, there's so many stairs. We don't want to go that high up. They're like, oh, you're back. Cool. Great. Okay. Um, I'm imagining this is where I think the gold coins are coming from. Okay. And you don't have to say if I'm right or not, but I'm imagining the princess is, is trapped in her copper tower and she only has her emotional support gold coins for company. <laughs> and every day she just lays on them and like strokes her gold coins. And she's like, you're my only friends. And every day now a fucked up looking dog shows up and just like snarfs up a bunch of them and then runs. And she's like, no! This is my emotional support hoard. <laughs> the princess is a dragon. <laughs> they don't establish where the coins come from. It's ever. her. It's her, her mother gave her those gold coins <laughs> before she died. They're sentimental. And he's spending riches. them on, like, blow and sex workers. <laughs> uh, I assume. Uh, yeah. So he goes back to his fancy life, right? And he, now he has this dog that grants wishes also. <laughs> and... Yeah, so life is good. And then he's like, wow, I kind of do have everything I ever wanted already. 
That's fun. Oh, and he also, he figures out that if he strikes the tinderbox once, the copper dog appears. Okay. If he strikes it twice, the silver dog appears. Cool. He strikes it three times, the gold dog appears. Oh, the gold dog. Yeah, but um, he is lazy, I assume, because he always only ever summons the copper dog. Or maybe that's just his favorite dog. Maybe. Maybe he likes it. Maybe the other ones are too unsettling. (laughs) (laughs) Mister! (laughs) Mister! What can I do for you, please? (laughs) This dog has been doing too much sex cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I got confused about what I said earlier. Sex cocaine. (laughs) This dog has been doing too much sex cocaine. Janie is someone who has definitely experienced both of those things. (laughs) Don't ask questions. It definitely happened. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Super convincing. I'm really excited for too much sex cocaine to show up on the Discord. <laughs> so he's like, I have basically everything I ever wanted. Except, I don't know, I guess maybe I'd like to fall in love. I would love to be a father. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, you know what? You know what? Instead of being a normal person and, you know, dating or like just trying to meet literally anyone for any reason yeah. at any time... Uh, I don't need I Tinder. My... <laughs> I've got Tinderbox. Oh. <laughs> Tinderbox sounds like sort like an offshoot of Tinder that's specifically for lesbians. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's copyrighted, copyrighted. We're, we're copywriting Tinder so that we can make Tinderbox. <laughs> so <laughs> What's Tinder's god. slogan? Tinder, meet up. Fuck about it. Now <laughs> <laughs> Tinderbox, fuck about it for ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I would like to find love. And I've decided that the princess, who nobody's seen or met, and who is locked away in a copper tower for honestly not, like, bad reasons, is the only person I could ever possibly do it with. You said uh, not for bad reasons? The reasons are that somebody said she might grow up and marry a soldier. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's not like he's, like, saving her. Like, she's fine. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought you said that she's locked like, in a tower for not bad reasons. Yeah, for like, like it's not like she's like, oh no, she's going to be mur. It's just like, oh, that's just where she lives. And it's not great, but it's also like, he's like... I mean, again, this is just the story of how Perseus was born. Yeah. This man is Zeus. I also, it it is so vague that it, I guess to me it's weird that his her parents were like, oh, I'm gonna marry a soldier, locked away. I'm like, oh, this doesn't seem like that's what that prophecy was. Also, it's either a a wild overreaction or someone misunderstood. Isn't, like, a knight a type of soldier? Like, you would, you could call a knight a soldier, right? Yeah. So, like, princesses marry knights all the time. Yeah. Couldn't she marry, like, a high-ranking officer? (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe you just send her to a convent and download Tinderbox on her phone so that (laughs) she can become a lesbian. (laughs) Uh, lesbian nun. (laughs) Yeah, so he's like, I have my heart set on this woman who I've never seen or met, and also nobody's ever seen or met, and I don't know anything about. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, and fortunately for him, he doesn't have to do anything to figure out no. how to get to her, because he's a magic dog who grants Hello, wishes. fucked up gold dog, the princess. <laughs> uh, so he goes to the copper dog. Hang on, I'm just gonna... Yeah. <clears throat> Where can I see her? No, wait, hang on. I go back too far. <laughs> I... <laughs> Where? Where? I've just been... I haven't read any of this. No, she's been, been doing this off of her memory. Yeah. It's been delightful. Beep, 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 Everyone says she is very beautiful, but what is the use of that if she, if she is to be shut up in a copper castle with all the towers? 
quote. Mm -hmm. You know, the one with all the (laughs) All those fucking towers are in there. Can't I somehow get to see her? Hang on, where's my tinderbox? He says aloud. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he strikes the tinderbox and his copper dog appears and he's like, I just want to see the princess. Like, just for a minute. I just want to see her. Oh my god, he's Lord Farquaad. Yeah, and the dog is like, sick, you got it, bro, and then disappears and then reappears with a sleeping princess on his back. Because it's the middle of the night. (laughs) (sighs) And the princess is just sleeping on this dog's back. And the dog's like, here you go. And the soldier's like, rad. Wow, she's so pretty. And then he kisses her. And in the story, they're like, he is, after all, a soldier. Yeah. Like, that's not, that doesn't explain anything or justify anything. That's fucked up. She's asleep. Yeah. Like, uh, Max, soldier's gonna do what soldier's gonna do. All right? <laughs> Every night, I allow soldiers to come in here and give you a little kiss on the, sho- on the shoulder. <laughs> on the shoulder, not even the forehead. Somehow more intimate. <laughs> Too intimate, even. I got myself with that. Kiss on the forehead, funny. Kiss on the shoulder, assault. <laughs> and that's where I draw the line. <laughs> it feels like a, a, a completely non-sexual kink. <laughs> Kissing the shoulder. Yeah. Drop us a line on the Discord. Is that sexy? <laughs> Is that good? Should, should we add that as a tier on... <laughs> you pay us $77, we will kiss you on the shoulder. Once. Do you think Closed we should, mouth. We could add that as a, I was going to say a tear on Tinderbox. <laughs> but I do like that you went straight to me and you kissing our listeners on the shoulder. Close mouth. <laughs> Open mouth. He pays $88. <laughs> <laughs> so the soldier leans in and he kisses the princess and he's like, mm, good. Mm, wow. Yeah. Pretty good. And the dog's like, cool, so are we? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm done. And the dog's like, all right. And disappears, brings the princess back to her bed. And then the soldier's like, great, what a good time what for me. What was she wearing? <laughs> <laughs> pajamas? Okay, you know how... Cookie Monster I, pajamas? I don't know about you guys, but I know for a fact I can't, and I'm going to guess you can't sleep in a tank top because it immediately just, like, pops your boob out of the side, and then you're just, like, sleeping with your boob just, like, yeah. weirdly mm-hmm. out. What if she was wearing that? <laughs> mm, mm. He was like, okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Just gonna put this back Because it's in also here. not sexy because boobs aren't that sexy, <laughs> it turns out. I mean, entirely pot. I, I choose to believe that she's wearing uh, Cookie Monster footy pajamas. <laughs> and he's like, that's enough of that. <laughs> With the hood and everything. Uh, and it looks like Cookie Monster's mouth is like eating her head. With the hood. Should I start Morrison? wearing pajamas with a hood? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Go You're always cold. I am. I sleep with a, a fireplace, an electronic fireplace that makes my room 82 degrees every night. <laughs> so the dog brings the princess back to her bed. And then the soldiers are like, great, good. I've done it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Happy. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And the next morning, the princess wakes up and she goes downstairs and she goes to her mother, the queen. And she's like, mama, I had the strangest dream. Hmm. I had a dream that a dog with big ol' eyes <laughs> stole me in the middle of the night and carried me across the kingdom to a soldier who kissed me on the mouth. Who kissed me on the soldier. <laughs> on the shoulder. Uh, he kissed me on the mouth. Yeah. And then the dog brought me back to my bed. What a strange dream. And the queen is like, that is a strange dream. Also, what? <laughs> <laughs> no more cheese before bed for you. Uh, and the queen is like, that's a really weird fucking dream. Maybe it wasn't 
a dream? Oh. And the princess is like, no, it must have been. That dog's eyes were comically large. <laughs> and the queen's like, well, just in case, I'm going to have one of the maids, like, stay up next to your bed tonight. I do like that she's not, like, locked in a tower isolated. She just yeah. can't leave her bed, like, her house. Yeah. I don't like that, I guess. But it's I imagine her yeah. locked away without any company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> her mom's like, so I'm going to have a maid just sit with you tonight, just in case. Yeah. There's some, something ghoulish going on, right? Good for the um, And so the next night, the soldier is, is like, ah, what a good day of going to the theater and carousing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know what can make this day perfect, though? If I could see my lady love once more. And so he has his dog. He's like, let me see the princess. And the dog's like, all right. <laughs> Goes off and grabs the princess from her bed. And holding her in returns, his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and returns to the soldier and he gives her one kiss on the mouth. Meanwhile, though, the maid was sitting up next to the princess's bed and she yeah. sees this horrifying dog appear and then like faster than light sprint away. So she <laughs> puts on her galoshes. That's real. <laughs> specifically puts on her big old rain boots, runs as fast as she can in the direction that she saw the dog going. Good for her. Yeah. She's not going to fucking let the princess get kidnapped on her watch. Yeah. So she runs after the dog. She sees the dog, like, appear in the inn, right? Uh, She follows his tracks to the inn. And she's like, great. Now I know where it is. She takes a piece of chalk and she marks a big X on the door. Ooh. Just like in Crick and Crack. Yeah. Crack and Crook. Crick and Crack. (laughs) Frickin' Frack. (laughs) Just like in Fraggle Rock. (laughs) Um, She puts a chalk X on the door, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's like, well, my job here is done. And she goes home. And then after... The soldier is done kissing the princess while she's asleep. Hmm. He's like, all right, that's all I needed. And the dog brings her back home. Ugh. The, the maid didn't, wasn't like, oh, I've got to get the princess back. She was just like, well, now I know what house it is. And yeah, now I can direct the I'm police out. to this location. <laughs> I'm not going into a second location. Yeah, it's just a weird, <laughs> she went home and went to bed. Yeah. It says. Oh, oh no, she didn't wake anyone up. Yeah, and then she, the next morning she was like, you can find what house this was of the person who kidnapped the Good. princess. But the princess is back in her bed, right? Yeah. So nobody's panicking or anything. But there, there, she was like, you know, I put an X on the door. Meanwhile, though, mm-hmm. uh, the soldier has noticed the chalk X on the door. Yeah. And is like, oh, well, this is probably <laughs> something to do with how I keep kidnapping the princess to give her kisses. <laughs> to give her one and non-consensual kiss on the mouth. <laughs> yeah. It also specifically says that this is chalk. And okay. his solution yeah. is to get chalk and mark all the other doors also with X's. Huh. Just like in crook, Crack and Crook. Yeah. Frick and Frack. <laughs> But also, it's chalk. Yeah. Just wash it off. A sponge. <laughs> um, except, except, if she were to go back, the maid, right, mm-hmm. she could see the house that she put the X on and be like, okay, no, this is definitely it. I recognize everything about it. But if you were to go back and see X's everywhere, I feel like that would be more likely to confuse you, the viewer, right? Mm-hmm. That's fair. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So he puts X's on all the other doors around. The king and queen arrive to figure out like, arrest whoever the fuck did this and keeps kidnapping their daughter and kissing her in the night. <laughs> um, and the the king is like, there, it's that house. The queen's like, no, I think it's that one. They're like, oh, the houses have exes on them. Arrest um, everyone. This is now a police state. <laughs> the queen, though, mm-hmm. uh, Hans Christian Anderson makes a note and he's like, the queen, though, is clever. Yeah. She can do more than just sit on her big old royal hiney. Aww. She's got smarts. Yeah. I love it when women have smarts. <laughs> And don't just sit on their big old royal highs. And so he's like, she's smart. So here's what she does. She takes her big old gold scissors, because she's the queen, they have to be gold, and some silk, and she cuts the silk. You act like you don't have big old gold scissors. 
Max, really quickly in the room that we are in, go ahead and point out where your big old gold scissors Leave are. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm currently looking at them. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so she pulls out her big old gold scissors yeah. and a yard of fine silk, and she cuts the silk into squares, and then she assembles the squares into a little pouch, mm-hmm. and then she fills the pouch with buckwheat flour, Okay, and then she ties the pouch around the princess's neck, and she pokes a hole in the pouch. Oh, okay. Which, you could just have a bag. Just a regular... Honestly, the bag that the flour was already in, probably fine. Didn't have to do a whole thing about it. I think she should have. <laughs> it feels like she wanted to do a craft and was like, "Here's a good excuse." I think she should have. You know those like hot water bottles that people mm-hmm. put against their like tummies when they are yeah. having cramps. I think she should have gotten one of those, right? Filled it with ink, mm. tied it around the princess's waist. So as she's like being dragged, she's also inking everything. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> like a little squid. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> and that would have been more permanent. <laughs> Than flower in the and night. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. So the queen ties this little flower sack around the princess's neck, pokes a hole in the bottom, and then the princess goes to bed. As expected, the soldier that night is like, I want to see my lady love once more. He sends his dog, he's like, Let me see the princess. The dog grabs the princess, returns to his master, mm-hmm. uh, but he doesn't realize that the whole time the bag is leaking flour, mm-hmm. uh, which shows the path of, like, where he's going. So the next morning, the king and queen are able to find this person. The king and queen didn't think maybe we move her to our bedroom tonight, or maybe we watch, or mm. any maybe we install a fucking ring doorbell <laughs> on the window. Like, nothing? No. <laughs> God, these are bad parents. Yes, they are. <laughs> so they follow the flower trail, and they find the man's house, and they're like, you did it. Arrest him. And they arrest him, and they throw him in jail. Okay. And they say, you kidnapped the princess, and you gave her so many kisses at night. Yeah. You're going to be hanged tomorrow. <laughs> Good. Uh, no so- trial. <laughs> Police state. <laughs> so the next morning, everyone's like, hey, you're going to get executed. And oh. he's like, mm-hmm, no, I know. Everyone crowds out of the town. Oh, hey, Tim, just stopping in. Uh, you're going to get executed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Barbara was already here. <laughs> she already oh, told me. She? <laughs> and you know what? Not good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Sorry that's it, because it's none of your business. <laughs> I keep Barbara's business. <laughs> keep Barbara's name out your mouth. <laughs> I keep Barbara's business should be a t-shirt. I'm not even saying <laughs> what for out. I don't know, but it's fun to say. It is. So... Everyone starts to flood out of the city to the gallows to go wait for him to be executed. Meanwhile, he's still in the jail and he's watching all the people, like, gather for his execution. And he's like, well, nuts. I don't have my tinderbox on me. I left it back in my room. Mm. So how am I going to get it out of this bind? Ask the dog to go get the tinderbox. He can't. The dog's in the... You, you yeah, but you need to have it fetch the tinderbox for you. That's all. Yeah, but you have to use the tinderbox to summon the dog. I know. Just have the dog summon the tinderbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so he's like, well, how am I going to get out of this? And just at that moment, the shoemaker's son is, like, running down the street towards the gallows and is, like, knocking into shit. And oh. he's like, hey, kid, slow down. Look, I'm still here, and it's not going to start without me. So, like, slow down. <laughs> yeah. And the shoemaker's son is like, sorry, mister. And he's like, hey, kid, you want to make four shillings? Oh. And the kid's like, boy, do I. <laughs> and he's like, I want you to go to my room and get my tinderbox and bring it to me. And then I'll give you four shillings. And the kid's like, all right. 
<laughs> so this kid goes and grabs the tinderbox from his room, brings it to him, hands it through the bars of the prison or whatever to mm-hmm. him. And the soldier is like, great, thank you. Here's four shillings. Mm-hmm. He is taken to the gallows. And yeah. they put the noose around his neck. And he says, won't you grant me one final request? And what if they had said no? This is risky. He should have done this yeah, right. in the jail. This is not well thought through. No. And they're like, maybe. What is it? And he's <laughs> like, I would like to smoke a pipe one last time. Since it will be the last time I do it on this earth because I'll be dead after this. <laughs> so it'll be the last time and I would like to do it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, sure. Whatever. Fine. So he takes out his tinderbox and he strikes it one, two, three times. Oh, all three of the dogs ah. up here. And everyone is screaming <laughs> and all of the judges who are there. Yeah. I don't know what their purpose is, but there are judges there. I, they're humans. They wanted to watch an execution. <laughs> That's all. They have hobbies. Yeah. You think um, they, they can't be at entertainment events? No. They would go to a live show if we asked. <laughs> Some kind of, like, just like a little gig or whatever. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they want to watch two ladies talk about... Maybe they do stand Stories? <laughs> so these three dogs appear and immediately, like, just tear towards the judges. Mm-hmm. And the dogs, all three of these magic dogs with terrifying eyes, grab the judges and grab them by the legs and by the noses and other places in their mouths (laughs) and throw them up in the air so high that when they come down, they are dashed to pieces and they die. (laughs) Fucking, he didn't ask for that. Mm -hmm. This Um, is a Meeseeks box. Mm, Yeah. Right? Yeah. God. <laughs> so, so they are just tossing all the judges and watching them shatter on the pavement below. And the king's like, oh my God, no. <laughs> they, he like starts to run away and the dogs are like, ah, ah, ah. And they grab him and they throw him up in the <gasps> air and he shatters. Then they grab the queen and they throw her up in oh the air God. and she shatters. And uh, like until all of the people who are responsible for sentencing this man to execution have been shattered oh my good lord uh and so all of the people who were gathered to watch the watch the execution are like just sort of standing there in horror yes and they say good soldier you shall be our king and you shall marry the princess oh is that good are we good if we do that is that (laughs) and he's like great yes this is what i deserve and so he fetches the princess down from her tower and they get married and the marriage celebrations last for a week and they have feasts for a whole week to celebrate the wedding. And at all of the feasts, the dogs get to sit at the table with all their big old eyeballs. The end. Uh, wait. <laughs> wait. Wait. <laughs> she seemed to have liked her parents. Is this a horror story for It specifically her? says that she's so excited to marry him. What's wrong with her? But like... What? He shattered her parents with his he spooky dogs. Everyone. He like... Kid... <laughs> He kidnapped and assaulted somebody. <laughs> he murdered a woman and stole a bunch of stuff. He was... Ah. Here's my question to you. What is the moral of this story? The moral of this story is being a white man pays. <laughs> I assume he's white. I don't think that's fair to assume. I assume everybody in a Hans Christian Anderson story is white. Yeah. Be a white man and it'll be all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it. I was like... Like, the witch has to, like, have cursed him or something. No, nothing. She didn't even do anything. She just wanted her tinderbox. She's like, I want my dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, like, fine. It's also, like... Also, for sure, the reason why she was like, I don't want to tell you what this is, is because she was probably like, you'll... Take it. You'll take it. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. He he doesn't learn a single lesson the entire time. He just gets a lot of money, has a great time, gets literally whatever he wants, and murders murder. a bunch of people. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that was so weird. Hans Christian Anderson is never invited into our home. Also, what is that story that I am? Why do the dogs have the big old eyes? That's not explained or addressed. That's not part of the story. No, even. not even remotely. Except that people are unnerved by them. Yeah, that's not even like they don't even really lean on that. A lot of that is just I assume. So I'm going to show you the illustration that's in this book here. Please, are you ready? Because yeah. it's it's a doozy. I'm so excited. Ah! <laughs> ah! Oh, they're dachshunds, but they're fucked up. Oh, he's hot. Oh no, they made him hot. He looks like a Jane Austen character. <laughs> he does. These dogs, though, I picked this story because I was flipping through this book and I saw this illustration and I was like, what the fuck is happening Above here? Above this illustration, it's all three dogs. God, you guys, I cannot wait for you to see these illustrations. Go to our Instagram. But it, above it says, quote, help me now that I may not be hanged. And at the bottom it says, and the dogs fell upon the judges. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. It he's also- hot. I hate how hot he is, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, he's a very handsome man, and he gets away with literally everything, and he gets gold forever, and also he has a bunch of spooky dogs. These dogs are fucking terrifying. I'm so scared of them. I have another picture that I downloaded online that we, we can also post on the Instagram. But it's just... Okay, here's one of, like, a fancy little prince. With- I've seen this one. I... Oh my goodness, that's so weird. I almost picked this story from a different one because I oh. saw this illustration. This is H.J. Ford. Oh. But I didn't read the, the book, so I had no idea. I just saw that fucking illustration, and I was like, oh, put a pin Oh, what in the that. fuck is up, yeah. about, what, up with it? That's the same thing that's that happened to me? so good. And then there's this one. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> it is very Whee! red and stimpy. <laughs> that's them tossing all the people up, and then they fall down they and look like, die. These dogs look like cats. Yeah, they do. You're right. Look at, this is so fucked look at up. Him having a great time down at the bottom. He's like, hooray! While people are being massacred. Whatever you do, do it sidewalk. with flair. <laughs> and privilege. Woo. Anyways, uh, that's one of the weirdest oh. fucking stories I've ever read. I love it. One of the weirdest fucking stories I've ever read. Flair and privilege should be this a, a spinoff of Fast and Furious. Aw. Yeah. Like Pride and Prejudice. Flair and Frivolous. No, I can't even say it. Okay. No. <laughs> Anyways. Um, that's, that's the story. Really fucking... What the fuck even happened? Really fucking weird and cool and good and also awful. Uh, bad. Okay. I A lot of Hans Christian Anderson stuff is also like, I'm sad. And some people, you know, they deserve love and they don't get it. And that's sad. H. And even if you're bad, you should be able to get what you want because that's... Um, would be nice if that happened. And then this story is like, what if there were some fucked up dogs? <laughs> H-C-A-W-T-F. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, Hacault. Hacault! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Um, I need a break. <laughs> I need to take that, a break. That story feels like a fever dream. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need a break. Guys, okay. we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay max janie max i have a story that i am very excited to oh my dog heard me say okay max and now he wants to come and say hi okay summer don't say his name he's gonna come here (laughs) okay anyway i have a story um that i found when i was in the elementary school that i work at Not any other elementary school, just the one that I work at. Mm -hmm. But I was in the library and I saw a random book sticking off a shelf while I was waiting for things to print. And it said like... Serendipitous. Myths and legends, right? It was Mm -hmm. like one of those like big children's 
myths and legends, like yeah. beginner's books. So I picked that up and I was flipping through it and I saw a couple stories that I was like, oh, shoot, I would like to know more. And so I wrote it down on a little note card and then I put the book back to be filed. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I lost the book and I had no idea what it was. I tried to buy it. I bought a different one. I don't like it. <laughs> so now I just <laughs> own something else that's for children and not for me. And it took me like months to figure out what the story was. I finally found the note card again. And um, here I'm here to tell you it. Wow. Yeah. So, so this is uh, Hindu mythology. And it is the story of Savitri and Satyavan. Ooh. Are you ready? I am. Okay. <clears throat> And all of my sources for this are going to be in the show notes. It's just like a bunch of different random ones. And so, and nothing in particular that's sticking out. I don't even remember the name of the book that I originally saw the names in. So, well, here we go. <laughs> there once was a beautiful pin- Pinterest. <laughs> there once was some beautiful pinchers that were attached to crap. <laughs> <laughs> there once was a beautiful princess named Savitri. She was so beautiful that no man really dared to even ask for her hand in marriage because they were like, she's out of my league. And so like a couple years went by and nobody wanted to marry her or nobody was like acting like they were mm-hmm. interested. They were like, no, she's too cool for us. <laughs> and so eventually her dad was like kind of stressed out that she was still there. <laughs> she yeah. was like, all right, Savitri, what if, hear me out, you choose your own husband. And there was a collective gasp in all of India, like, <laughs> what? And Savitri was like, <laughs> is, is that allowed? That's a thing. And he's like, I'm the king. It's allowed. Go out, have an adventure, find out who you want to marry, come back and tell me. That's Whoever nice. you choose, I'm going to say yes. That is nice, right? Yeah. So Savitri goes out and she starts searching through the kingdoms and she finally, like, comes back after, like, a year. And she tells her father, like, I made my choice. I found a husband. And her father is delighted. He's like, really? That's amazing. I've been stressing out that you weren't married yet. And um, I was also afraid you'd kind of make things difficult. You know, like, I I like that this is all kind of working out for me. And I can now live a happy life and not be worried anymore. Mm -hmm. And Savitri's like, yeah. About that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, don't. Don't be silly, Papa, first of all. (laughs) Of course, I fell in love. He was like, as long as he's not below your station. She goes, no, no, he's a prince. He is technically a prince, Papa. And he's like, technically a prince? What does that mean? What does that mean, Savitri? What does that mean? (laughs) She's like, actually, it's technically the recording artist formerly known as Prince. And he's like, oh my God, yes, a (laughs) hundred thousand percent. Yes, you have my blessing. Can he come over today? (laughs) So she explains she had fallen for a beautiful man named Satyavan, who was the son of King Dumatsina of Salva. King Dumatsina had actually lost everything when a rebel usurper had chased him and his wife and his son out of the kingdom and now they were living in a hut in the woods. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also, he was blind. (laughs) Oh. The king. And so her father is like exacerbated and he's like, no... Savitri, pick anyone else. Like, any, there's so many princes. You pick the one that's living in a hut with, like, a blind man who doesn't have a kingdom anymore. Like, that's the one guy. That's the one guy you shouldn't have fallen in love with. And she's like, you say that, and yet I did. And I'm not going to change my mind. That's the person I want to marry. I love him. They had fallen, like, instantly in love. Like, Savitri and Sachivan are, like... Mm-hmm. They made me cry today thinking about them because they are so fucking like just into each other. So she's like, this is my choice. And you said I could pick anyone and this is who I choose. And so eventually her father's like, I mean, okay, I'm not happy about it, but I did give you a promise that you could choose. So like, sure. So everything's going well. These two are planning to be together forever, Mm -hmm. except on the day of their wedding, Narada, who, this is a quote from one of the articles that I took. I took several sources to kind of piece together this myth. But this is, Narada is described as, quote, the shade with all the bad news. 
Oh. <laughs> Same girl. <laughs> uh, and this reminds me, our friend Eric, <laughs> we had a character that we would bring out when we worked together at this British pa- uh, pasty oh shop. The bear of bad news. We called him the Baron of bad news. <laughs> and it was actually one of our coworkers who was a 17-year-old really nervous British kid who was always like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, um, I seem to have burnt the pasty. And, um, well, that is unfortunate, but I will give you another one. <laughs> like, yeah, was, like, really nervous British kid energy. And we used to just, we used to call him the Baron of bad news because every time we passed by him, he'd be apologizing to someone. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, but it seems that, um, you have, in fact, clipped my bicycle and I fell into a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sorry? <laughs> anyway, that's what uh, Nerada yeah. reminds me of as the Baron of Bad News. <laughs> there was, I I developed a character based off of that that nobody liked. Uh, the Bear of Bad News. <laughs> and the bit was, you guys would talk about the Baron of Bad News and I didn't work there. And so yeah. I fell out of the loop. So I was like, and this is the Bear of Bad News. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anytime you see him, it's bad news. He's gonna maul you to He's death. He's the bad news bear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, on the day that she's supposed to get married, Narada appears to Savitri, and she's like, I have bad news. And Savitri's like, of course you do. <laughs> Why would you be here if you didn't? You don't have to tell me, you know. And she's like, I do. Because it's gonna affect whether or not you actually want to marry this man. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, what's the bad news? And she's like, Sachivan is destined to die one year and a day from your wedding day, which is today. You're only going to get a year with him. So, like, good luck making a decision. And then she, like, poofs out of there. And Savitri is devastated. She's yeah. like, a year? Like, I want to spend forever with him. Like, what do you mean? Like, when am I supposed to die? And so, like, she's genuinely, like, she's not even thinking, like, oh, I only have a year with him. She's thinking, like, well, how much longer after he dies am I expected to live? Mm Because I don't want to. And so this devastates her. But of course, she's like, this doesn't change anything. I'm marrying him. And so they get married. And she doesn't tell anybody about this prophecy. Not even him? No, she doesn't. Because she doesn't want to affect his life. And so she marries him and is like, I'm just going to give him the best fucking year of his life, basically. I feel like dying is going to affect his life, though. (laughs) Yeah, but it won't. No, it won't affect his life. (laughs) Okay, so they have this wonderful year of marriage. Savitri, she leaves her beautiful princess clothes behind and she adopts the forest dweller clothes that they all wear. Uh, Sticks. <laughs> they don't even, like, they don't even talk about how, like, they don't say that her hu- or her father, like, gives money or whatever. Like, I think there's a dowry that goes with it. But for the most part, she just goes to their life. Like, she mm-hmm. does the thing where she moves in with her in-laws and takes care of them. And she's really, really fucking good to her in-laws. Like, she takes care of, especially this blind king. Like, they bond, like, immediately. Like, he loves his daughter-in-law. And she's a hard worker, and she's funny. And then her and Sachivan are, like, they call him a gem of a man. Like, he is so sweet. But the story isn't about him, so you don't get any other character traits. (laughs) But we know that he's hot and he's sweet. So she's living this year, right? And she has extremely happy moments, like the happiest moment of her whole life. But the entire time she's thinking about this prophecy that she's gotten, Mm -hmm. he's going to die. And about three days before his death day, like their anniversary is coming up. And this is like a big deal. He keeps reminding her and he's like, hey, it's coming up on the anniversary. And she's like, I want to cry every day. I want to cry every day. Like, I don't want to live anymore after this. Mm -hmm. And so for three days, she's like, you know what? 
I have to do this thing. She decides to devote herself to the gods and she begins a triratra vow. And basically that means that she fasts for three whole days, like no food, no water. She prays all the time. And she also stands all day and all night. Like she won't sit down. Yeah. And her father-in-law is like, hey, you're doing too much. Like, why are you doing this? What happened? And she won't tell him, right? She's just praying, praying, praying. And he's like, okay, I don't know what happened, but you don't have to do this. I think you should sit down and maybe have a biscuit. (laughs) Perhaps. He's just making cookies and like, wafting the smell over <laughs> yeah. her, like, are you sure you don't want one? <laughs> She's like, stop it! <laughs> anyway, so, but she refuses to stop. So for the entire three days before he's meant to die, she is praying. So on the day he is supposed to die, which is, you know, their anniversary or the day after their anniversary or something, mm-hmm. Sachivan is like, I'm going to go to the forest, I'm going to chop wood, which he does pretty much, you know, like a, a lot. That's like one of the jobs that he yeah, does. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm going to go to the forest. And on this day, she was like, I want to go with you. And he's like, wait, I mean, it's it's just going to be like a walk in the forest. And she's like, I kind of want to see the forest blooming. It's supposed to be really beautiful right now. And she's been praying for three days straight. And he's like, okay. And so he's like really happy. He's like, Aww. yeah, take a walk with me. I would love that. And so they start walking together. I'm going to cry when I talk about this. Just so you, are you know. <laughs> I am already. Okay. So they're walking. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry my eyes out thinking of this. So they're walking, walking. And he suddenly starts to complain of a headache. And he's like, oh. And it gets worse and worse as they're walking. And he's like, I just, I don't know. And eventually he can't even walk. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And she's like, well, let's just sit down then. It's okay. Oh, no. I know. (laughs) Isn't that one I'm going to cry my eyes out? I love them so much. Okay. So she's like. Well, let's just sit down then. Because she knows that he's dying. He doesn't know he's dying. So she sits down and she's like, why don't you lay your head in my lap? And he lays her head, his head in her lap. And she just like strokes his hair as he dies. Oh. And she's like, well, I love you so much and everything's okay. You're going to feel better really soon. Oh, God. And then he dies. Fuck. <laughs> I know. Okay. So she's like still stroking his hair. And she looks up and she sees Yama. The god of the dead. Oh. Who we have talked about several times in other East Asian mythology, right? Mm-hmm. And so Yama shows up and he's like, okay, I'm here to take the soul down to the underworld. And he's holding a noose because he leads the souls by noose. <laughs> just so you know. it's oh. That's like really, that was upsetting to me, except that it's just like, it's like the Grim Reaper showing up with a scythe, you know? like Yeah. But also like, ooh. <laughs> what if he has to make multiple stops and he has one of those like, Child leashes. Really. <laughs> Hold on. That's what he's like. He's like, all right, go. everyone, keep your eyes on your partner. Choo choo. <laughs> everyone, everyone's buddy is here. All right, let's count off. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Who nine. Where's Timothy? <laughs> okay, so she's like, you know, she's still holding him in her lap, and Yama shows up, and it's like it's time to go. And so as he's taking Sajivan's soul away, Savitri stands up, and she starts to follow. Now, because she's been doing this vow, and she's been fasting and all this stuff, she's able to follow him 100% into the underworld. Like, she's like, she's devoted herself so much that now she could just follow. Probably because she's dying. She's also probably dying, right? Like, yeah. it's been three days no without food or water. And so Yama is, like, annoyed. He's like, go home. What are you doing? Go home. It's not your time yet. I'm not taking you with me. And she's like, okay, but I'm not going home. So where you're walking, I'm going. Get used to seeing me. And he's like, go on, get. Go on, get out of here. I don't love you anymore. And she's like, Yama, I never loved you. <laughs> what do you think this is? So he's like, I don't feel that way about you. And she's like, I'm following my husband. <laughs> anyway, 
So she's like, you know, I want him back. And Yoma's like, I'm not going to give him back. I can't do that. So like, it's his time and it's not your time. Go home. So he does this four times. He turns around and he tells her like, go back home. And at first he's annoyed because he's not used to mortals following him. Right. (laughs) And uh, every time he says it, Savitri is like, okay, well then let me quote some homilies back to you about why I don't have to do that. (laughs) And she's like, I know the law. (laughs) I read the whole rule book. (laughs) And so the first thing, she's like, I made a wedding vow that I would follow my husband wherever he went, which means I don't have to listen to you. I made a vow before the gods and they accepted it. And he's like, huh. And so he's kind of impressed. He's like, (laughs) honestly, impressive. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he tells her that he's going to give her a boon. He's like, you can have anything you want except for your husband's soul back because, again, I can't do that. And she's like... Okay. What about two my husband's souls? Back? <laughs> Woo! I want a thousand more husband souls. <laughs> Give me all the souls. So, so she she thinks about it and she says, "Okay, I guess I want my father-in-law to have his sight back." And he's like, "Okay, that's done." And she's like, "Okay." And then he starts to walk again and he turns around, he realizes she's still following, right? Like she's just kept following a little <laughs> bit like quieter. And he's like, you're going to go back and your father-in-law has a sight back and, you know, you're going to be fine. So go home now. He's going to be fine. But this is what happens when you die. Okay? So just go. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. And she starts quoting basically, uh, like, homilies about dharma, which is, like, being virtuous, right? Mm-hmm. In the most basic sense, it's the concept of being morally righteous. And right. that's, like, the most basic American way I can say that. It's the concept of being morally tubular. Yeah, it's like being bodacious and, like, virtuous. <laughs> it's like being ethically gnarly. <laughs> ethically gnarly! <laughs> that should be the new shirt! <laughs> so... Every time he turns around, he says, like, go home. She's like, I'm not going to do that. And she starts telling him about why she can't do that and why that's the righteous thing to do is to keep following. And so he says again, like, okay, I'll give you anything you want except for your husband's soul back. Ask for something else. Because Yama, I think, also feels bad. Like, he's seeing this and he's like, this is the worst part of my job. Yeah. So he's like, what do you want? And she's like, um, I guess I want my father-in-law to have his kingdom back. And she's, he's like, okay. And so he's like, it's done go home. And she's like, I can't. And so they keep going. They've made it into the underworld and she's still just pestering death. And he <laughs> and he goes, okay, ask anything you want. Again, I'll give you a third present, except for your husband's soul back. Tell me something else. And so she says, I want to be the mother of like a hundred sons, but I want Sachivan to be the father. And he's like, you can have as many sons as you want. Sachivan's not going to be the father. He is dead. He is not coming back. Okay, but yes, you're super fucking fertile. How about that? And she's like, no, and I asked for him, but okay. <laughs> and so she keeps following. And eventually Yama is like, okay, okay, okay. Wh- what do you want? What do you, what can I do for you that will do this? I will give you what you want. Just tell me. And before he can really, like, as he stops, he's forgotten to say, except, except for, for your husband's soul. And she goes, I want my husband's soul. <laughs> and she like says it like really tentatively but like firmly she's like no i want that and he looks at her and he's like i literally did just promise you anything you wanted <laughs> you fucking little minx <laughs> and he like sighs and he takes the noose off of sachivan's soul and he's like all right fuck it. here go on get take her back <laughs> and he also is not mad about it which is why i like yama a lot is mm-hmm. because when yama is talked about actually most death deities in mythology are pretty chill right like yeah. they're not like scary and so when Yama is like, I've been tricked, but I'm not mad about it. I was kind of rooting for you two crazy kids. <laughs> and so he tells her like, okay, 
here you go. And he blesses them with like a long life. He's like, I'm not coming back for a long time. Enjoy your life together. <laughs> I don't want to have to make a whole round trip again. <laughs> and so they return to the land of the living where lots had happened while they were away. First of all, father-in-law, King Diametsina, Diametsina, Mm-hmm. He said something else at the beginning. Anyway, he had suddenly regained his eyesight and he's like, I can see. And then as they walked in, like they're like, hey, and she's like, hi, we're back. Nothing interesting happened. Don't worry about it. A minister like knocks on the door and he's like, sir, the guy who usurped your kingdom just dropped dead. <laughs> oh, God, Yama. Oh, my God. <laughs> so like you guys can come back now. And the king's like, what? <laughs> eyesight and kingdom all in one day? And they look at her. He's like, what happened? And so she tells them about what happened, right? And I can't tell if Satyavan remembers. I think he does remember this. And so they tell him basically everything that happened. And the father-in-law is so happy. And the whole family was able to move back to their palace and make their, you know, take their rightful babies. seats on the thrones. Oh. And then they make lots of babies and they have this like epic love story together. That's so good. I know. And it's a short one, but... It's not actually short in the actual mythology. The oldest known version of this story is found in the Vana Parva, or the Book of the Forest, of the Mahabharata. That can't, the way I said that cannot be right. The Mahabharata. <laughs> Mahabharata. The Bhushana with Bharata. <laughs> Delicious. Which is an 18-book Indian epic, right? Mm-hmm. So the Vana Parva is just the third book of this, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it traditionally has 21 parts and 324 chapters. And it chronicles Jesus. the 12 year journey of the Pandavas in a forest where they learn life lessons and they build character. Huh. Um, so the Vanaparva has a lot of lessons about ethics and virtue, right? It's like a almost I don't want to say like a holy text because it is an epic. But there's like a lot of like, parables and stuff that you can follow mm-hmm. there's myths about gods and demons it's badass and there's also love stories like savitri and sachivan and also another one about nala and damayanti and nala i think you would really like this one nala first of all is a hot super hot prince who marries a princess damayanti right mm-hmm. he's also a great cook and uh <laughs> he literally wrote the first cookbook <laughs> They were like, the first text ever that had to do with cooking was Nala's cooking. And then he was also said to have been able to cook a full meal without lighting a fire. That was like the magic of Nala. And even today, Indian chefs, when they talk about like, oh, like, you're going to love this meal. Or like, this is like a, you know, five-star restaurant, whatever. They say like, oh, like, this is made by Nala. They'll say like, basically like, this is so good. It's almost (laughs) as if the god of writing cookbooks (laughs) made this. He wrote The Joy of Cooking Indian Edition. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the Vana Parva. And I've linked a bunch of resources to that. That's uh, so cool. That. But that's Savitri and Sachivan. I like that so much. Isn't that good? I had a little cry about her holding his head in her lap and like telling him everything's going to be okay. <laughs> like, because he doesn't know he's dying. No. Oh, and she Ow. does. And the fact that she held on to that, like she's... Having a story of a like ancient woman tricking death by an not by woman. being respectful, mm-hmm. right? An ancient woman, <laughs> an ancient man. <laughs> but she was respectful. She was righteous, right? She like did everything she was supposed to. But she, she basically was pestered. And gnarly. She was ethically gnarly, <laughs> but she also pestered death until she got what she wanted. And I'm like, great, Love excellent, Savitri, perfect. No notes. And I would like to. I think I want to do an illustration for for them because I really fell in love with them today. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. 
That's heartbreaking. Isn't it so yeah. sad? And also, thank God that he, she got him oh back. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I also, I love, I love in stories about, like, the personification of death and things like that. Yeah. I love in stories when it's made really clear that, like, death is a shepherd and not a butcher. Yeah. You know? Like, that, where it's just like, uh, you're, I'm here to guide you. I'm not the reason you're dead. Yeah. You know, it's like not the god of death, but the god of the dead or whatever. Yeah. No, I have a purpose and it is to get souls to the underworld. This is, what's his name? In Greek mythology, it is the... Uh, Thanatos Thanatos. and Hades. So Hades is the lord of the underworld, right? He's the king that basically helps judge the souls and he decides where they go and stuff like that. Thanatos is the one, like one of the main ones that collects the dead. And Thanatos... A lot of times I feel like people categorize him as, like, a really scary dude. But in reality, there's not a single, like, a single story or single source where Thanatos isn't just quiet and calming and, like, sweet. And he has, like, a really patient manner. And he, like, grabs all the souls. Like, he grabs children and also murderers and rapists. And he takes them all down. And there's not a single time where he loses his patience with a single person. Because he's like, you're gonna get judged and it doesn't have to be by me. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why me taking you down here needs to be anything other than what it is. And I'm yeah. like, that's nice, actually. That is nice. One of my mods, who's also one of my very good friends now, Burgundy, I met her because she commissioned me to, a year ago to make an illustration for her grandfather. And it was her grandfather embracing death. And we came up with the quote, um, and at the end of the day, death opened their arms in an embrace or something like that. Yeah. What was that? And embraced him as an old friend. Yeah, and embraced me as a friend. It was like a... Yeah. I'll have to find that. I'll put that up on the Discord. But yeah, I like that. I like that personification of death a lot, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there are also... There, um, a, a term that I absolutely love, uh, just a, a fun word for you guys to learn, uh, is psychopomp. Yes. Which is mostly, I think, animals, but also people who, f- like, ferry the dead. Uh, yeah, Hermes yeah. is a psychopomp. Yeah. And... I only associate, because technically so is Thanatos, and so is Melanoe, and so is um whatever the fuck her other name is, the other, Mercaria, whatever. They're all psychopomps in Greek mythology, but the only one that I actually think of as a psychopomp is Hermes, because mm-hmm. I think of psychopomps as, like, animal companions that, like, yeah. guide you around, and Hermes has, like a, like, a fun golden retriever energy. Yeah, all of my favorite animals I <laughs> found out pretty recently are psychopomps in, like, some story. In, uh, like, I, like... Moths. Moths and foxes bats. and bats and like <laughs> sparrows. These little sparrows are yeah. technically crows, uh, crows and ravens. All the spooky little metal guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> all the little metal guys. I'm gonna find this quote because now it's gonna bother me that I can't remember it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And at the end of the day, death opened their arms and proudly welcomed me home. Aw. And it's her grandfather hugging death and also it was specifically her grandfather he wore a white cowboy hat <laughs> he was the really fucking cool guy who seemed very so very nice. sweet so anyway look up the order of the good death and also there's like a death positivity movement to get rid of some of the anxiety that people feel mm-hmm. about death because it's just something that every single human has to eventually mm-hmm. face and also so far. <laughs> until <laughs> we bring back walt disney <laughs> Unfreeze that head, am I right? Unfreeze that head so I can throw it in the trash. Let it become a mushy melon. (laughs) I'm going to stab that head. (laughs) Don't let Max 
parks near the frozen heads. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, guys, if you liked this story, please give us a this story or the other story. I don't care. <laughs> if you liked our stories today, please give us a five star review on iTunes or Spotify. Or drop anywhere a little the podcasts are review sold. and let us know. Join the Patreon mm-hmm. so you can join the Discord. So we can hang out? Yeah, maybe. And uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all of those good things. Yeah, all of our links are on our website, sortofthestory.com. And on the show notes where you can find all yeah. of these links as well. Uh, and with that, we're going to head the fuck out of here. And later on, <laughs> record our bonus episode. Yeah, we're going to fucking blow this popsicle stand. Woo! Bye! Goodbye! What has been your favorite comment so far? On the April Fool's episode? Yeah. I really like, I don't know, I can't think of any. What's your favorite? On Instagram, somebody said, this better not just be Twilight again. And oh, that's I a res- good one. And I responded with, um, we would never do that to you twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good for me. Uh, I really liked everyone in the Discord tagging each other being like, you got to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When they were like, wait a minute. What is this? Wait is a minute. This? What is this? Like the, the <laughs> hope and then the immediate distrust. Excellent. <laughs> never, ever trust us. Please don't. We're not trustworthy. We have never claimed to be. In fact, we've claimed to not be. We have actively occasions. told you that one of us is a liar. And the other one tells the truth. Or do they? Yeah. <laughs> The problem is, is the one who said that was the liar. Neither of us tell the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord.